You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. How did you give thanks this Thanksgiving? Well, it was really tough because it didn't seem like there was much to be thankful for. And who did you give thanks to? Uh, God. But what if there's not enough stuff to be thankful but for? But for what? What a exactly. year. But you still can be thankful. Because His loving kindness is everlasting. We'll look at that right now. On More, More Than, than Ink. Good morning and welcome. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And we are sitting here at our dining room table and and uh, eating Lo- turkey leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving or we're just, uh, if you're listening to this later, this is just a couple days after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in 2020, at least the American Thanksgiving, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving was last month in October. Oh, well, so we're not Canadians. But dude, there might be Canadians listening. That's true. Jen might be listening. I, I'm sure she might. So, you know, just saying. But yeah, anyway, so so we're going to continue our talk on Thanksgiving. We started last week uh, before Thanksgiving. We looked at um, Lamentations 3, an odd place to talk about Thanksgiving. Mm, but such an important one. But very applicable, you know, and really addressing the issue is can you be truly, authentically, honestly thankful when the entire circumstances of your life have gone yeah, south? Yeah, it looks like life is crumbling around you. Life as you know it has changed. Right. And we just we, we just won't put up with people just saying, well, you know, it'll be okay. And it's, it's really not that bad. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. No, these things are bad. But when you get the bigger picture about who God is, but God is determination, good. everything God is changes. Yeah. So yeah. today we're moving away from that. And we're um, at least Lamentations 3. We're going to go to a psalm. The psalms are full of thanksgiving. And, uh, and we're going to look specifically at Psalm 136. If you want to join us and have your Bibles, we're going to look at 136 because, uh, um, well, <laughs> here's a stupid connection. You know how Paul Simon wrote, there's 50 ways to live your life? <laughs> You're right. That's a stupid a connection. A stupid connection. Well, in Psalm 136, <laughs> there's 26 ways, 26 ways to give thanks to the and Lord. And so many more. And so many more. And he's going to prove that in the 26 verses of Psalm 136. Well, and before you go on with that, we should just say this is this psalm is in the form of a litany, right, which exactly. is a form of worship that is kind of a call and response, call and response. form. A leader says this truth, and then the people respond. Or the leader will pray for something, and then the people will respond. And in so, this case, the response is the same. Yeah, and it's... It, and you might think, oh, we're going to get really tired of saying this, but it should be refreshed every yeah. time, depending yeah. on what we have been told in the first part. Exactly. So let's talk about Thanksgiving. And if you were coming up short on this Thanksgiving a couple of days ago about what to be truly thankful for, this this should change your viewpoint a little bit, hmm. I'm hoping. So if you're just grasping at uh, an inauthentic Thanksgiving or or in your area, they didn't allow you to have Thanksgiving. Well, you can always have Thanksgiving. You might yeah. be just can't do it the way you so thought you did. If you didn't, at least you can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into Psalm 136. I love how he opens this. It's just it's it's like the summary of the entire psalm and uh, it speaks for the entire Bible. Give thanks to the Lord uh, for he is good. And the response is, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Yeah, man, his loving. And, you know, 
what else can you say? You can actually stop right there. Well, we talked about loving kindness last week, this Hebrew word chesed, chesed right. which is God's devoted, unfailing love toward us. Yeah. That's yeah. everlasting. It never stops. It is uh, endless duration. It disappears to the vanishing point in, yeah. in all directions. And that, that's the word he chose here deliberately. <laughs> there's there's like two or three good words for eternal or long in time, but this one that literally means vanishing point. Mm-hmm. It's, it literally mm-hmm. means it's something that's hidden because it's so far off in the distance, you can't see the end of it. And so, we're giving thanks because God is good. He's good. Which is an interesting distinction because normally we say, I have nothing to be thankful for. Right. And the issue is, what we normally say, you know, I remember my mom saying, when you got a gift from grandma, you know, you need to write her a letter and say, <laughs> thank you, grandma, for the letter, you know, for this thing that you got. Right, but, right. But he's starting us off right on the right foot here saying, look, the issue is not being thankful for things. It's being thankful for the fact of who God is. Right. That changes everything. And that is, we talked about last week in Lamentations 3, his goodness, his faithfulness, his foundational devotion is refreshed to us every morning. Right. He is the definition of good. And that doesn't change. That doesn't change. It's firm, never goes away. It's as, it's as solid. In fact, this, this word everlasting, this alam, is as solid in the distant past as it is in the mm. distant future as it is in the present. So Well, and that's related to who we're giving thanks to. We're giving thanks to the Lord, to Yahweh or Jehovah, to the God who is, the I am that I am, right? He's always present. Right. And always good. Right. So you have pleasant, plenty of reason. I mean, he could have started off and said, too bad for you. Your God is off in the corner of the universe and he doesn't care about you anymore. But we'll give thanks anyway. No, he doesn't say that. He says, no, you need to give thanks because the Lord, this God who's in control is good. That's the nature of his heart. And that's a determination of his heart toward us. And again, we talked last week about the Lord being our portion. Well, oh, you know, great. everybody's thinking about having eaten too much or I should have had a smaller portion. Right. I should have exercised portion control. I didn't you say know. enough soon God. enough. <laughs> That's right. God is our portion. He's our portion. And he's always, he's always good. He is always enough. Yeah, he's always enough. So he starts off Psalm 136 with just the reason, the reason to be thankful, the, the foundation of our thankfulness isn't so much the sum total of the things that God gives us. But the fact that God himself is good. In fact, I was I was talking with someone this week about this, a childhood friend of mine who lived on our street. And I said, you know, uh, I'm really thankful for the parents that we had growing up. Your mm-hmm. parents and my parents, we are, we are both very fortunate because I've heard of people who had nastier parents and stuff like that. And so all through your childhood, your parents give you gifts. But in the end, you realize those gifts are just an indicator of their heart toward you. And mm-hmm. so there we were on the internet sharing about the fact that you know, we needed to give thanks because our parents were good to mm. us. Not because they gave us great stuff, although they did, but they were good. I mean, we are so fortunate. And he's talking about this in a much larger context. We need well, to give thanks for who he is, not just what he gives. Even if you had crummy parents or right. abusive parents, they gave you life. Right. We all right. had mothers and fathers. Even if you were adopted, you have a biological mother and a biological yeah. father. Yeah. That's the way God has designed things. And so life itself is a gift from God. Yeah, yeah. So just to set your set your sights right here, the basis of our thankfulness isn't the sum total of what he gives us. It's who he is. 
but that's reflected in what he gives us. So he goes on in verse two, give thanks to the God of gods. The, For his loving kindness is everlasting. Yes, the Elohim of the Elohim, that's what that is. And then three, give thanks to the Lord of lords, the Adonai of all Adonai is. The highest authority. Highest. You know what that brings to mind to me? I was looking this morning at Revelation 19, where it talks about the, the king, the king of kings. King of kings. Right? The, the highest one. Nobody higher. And and throughout the Old Testament, we use this term, find this term for God, the, the, the most high, particularly in Isaiah, we find it. God Almighty, the most high. Yeah. So is there anyone in the universe that's going to take over God's determination to love us? No. He's well, in the tops. And it's not good news that God is the most high and the highest authority unless he is good. Unless he's good. Unless he's but good. But because he is fundamentally good, beneficial toward us and devoted to us, then let's celebrate. Give thanks. That's right. His loving kindness is everlasting. That's right. And just to provide a little counterbalance right there, since he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Adonai of Adonai is the Elohim of all Elohim. He's the, he's the only guy at the top. Those who sin and rebel against him hmm. tremble because mm-hmm. he's also the judge of all. So at the same time, he is, he is simultaneously just. And will bring justice based, you know, he'll attack the injustices, but he'll also bring good to those who love him and are devoted to him. So those, the fact that he is preeminent Mm -hmm. brings trembling to some, brings great um, consolation to the rest of us. And this is where it's helpful for us to remember that God is eternal. He is everlasting because we want justice and we want it now. And right. often when we say that, we want it the way we think it ought to be meted out. But it is very good news that the ultimate authority in the universe, over all the universes, is good, the eternal one, who will ultimately bring good, truth, justice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, in fact, Martin Luther King, in one of his speeches, oh, I love very that. famous line, says that the arc of the moral universe bends more toward justice and uh, he's not talking about what we do. So, by the way, if you ever hear someone quote that and say, I just did that, Martin Luther King was quoting what God does in his mm-hmm. universe. Right. And that that moral arc bends toward justice. And, and it does. There, there's no one, no one's getting away with anything in the end. So anyway, but he goes on. <clears throat> he says, give thanks and three, give thanks to the Lord of Lords, the Adonai of Adonai. For, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Has said, it goes on to a, a vanishing point that you can't see. And then he says, and to him who alone does great wonders... His, His loving, loving kindness, kindness is, is everlasting. Now, so, let's stop here for a second, yeah. because we actually, as a family, we use this psalm at Thanksgiving. I can't even remember how many years we've oh, done it, man. but um, I will take the psalm and write it out on little note cards so everybody has a verse, and then oh, everybody right. also has the refrain. So, And we just we don't even do it in order. We just do it however we, we like around the table, but you read your verse, mm-hmm. uh, give thanks to the Lord for and then whatever and then we all respond for his loving kindness is everlasting and it's kind of become fun we've even done it when we've had guests um, with us who weren't believers but they had their card and they played their part they'd read it (laughs) and there was one year when we had a family with us and they're actually some of them were brought to tears by hearing the voices of their unsaved loved ones say Give thanks to God for his loving kindness is everlasting. So, you know, the word of God is powerful. And our practice of this, I want to believe, has embedded something deeply in the hearts of our children over the years that we've done this. Yeah. And this just isn't reciting wishful thinking. This is reciting the facts of who God is. And this psalm is designed to be used this way. Exactly. Exactly. So that you'll remember 
I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. Mm-hmm. This is the recalling of the mind that Jeremiah 3 was talking, or Lamentations 3 was talking about. So now he switches his attention away from who God is to what God has done. Because he just said, to him who alone does great wonders or wonderful acts. Now he's going to switch to what God has done, which reflects and gives us an understanding of who he is. And so, uh, for instance, if you want to talk about how big God is, why don't we start with something really big? <laughs> he made the universe. <laughs> this God who loves you made the universe. To him, verse 5, to him who made the heavens with great skill, with skill, his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights, which I'm thankful for. I go out every night and I look at the Mm. stars and I go, man, I love these. These are just the best thing ever. Uh, and to the sun to rule the day, the moon and stars to rule the night. I his mean, loving kindness his loving is kindness everlasting. everlasting. And if you think about an ancient culture that does not have artificial light, right? You, we are very thankful for light because light gives us an understanding about the way things really are. We talked about in John, and God gives us that understanding based on who He is, and the supreme light of the universe is Jesus Himself, who gives us an understanding. And there's something about contemplating the stars, just standing mm-hmm. in the dark and looking up. It is calibrating, yeah. right? It yeah. puts us in our place. Well, and they're just simply awe-inspiring. They, they are. And so when he talks about the God of gods and the Lord of lords, you know, if you want to start at the top of the list, let's talk about the fact that he made these awe-inspiring things mm-hmm. in the sky. I mean, come on, who can do that? Only God can do that. So. But a way to personalize this psalm is, you know, these couple of verses kind of track the creation order. Yeah. And so just yeah. contemplate all that God has created. And I don't think this, it's not on the page, but I think it's probably deliberate by the writer. At every juncture in the creation account said, and God said this and it happened and it was good. Because that's his nature. Right? Because God is good. So give thanks to the Lord for he's good. And everything he has created is good. Exactly. His loving kindness is everlasting. And if you, uh, if you're ever cold, I did this this last week. If you're ever kind of bone chilled (laughs) and I walk a lot, I go out with my black jacket on. So it absorbs all the heat from the sun. I remember thinking that just this week, I'm thinking, I'm glad that's there because it's warming me right Mm, now. mm -hmm. I can be actually pragmatically thankful in this moment for the sun because that's what it is. That's a, that's a lot of the relationship that more ancient people had that we don't really understand because we're in this modern world now. But, you know, Romans 1 says that all creation speaks about yes. who God is, about his, his godness, his power in creation, and speaks of eternity. And so humankind is without excuse. When we contemplate the things that God has made, he is good. The heavens are telling of the glory of mm-hmm. God, of his goodness. Yeah. So he starts off this psalm, this antiphonal psalm, with talking about, aren't you glad you have a God like this? Because, by the way, he made creation. That's right. And that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but let's bring it down to a more personal application. And for the psalmist, that personal application is what God has done. The great wonderful acts he's done on the behalf of Israel. Okay, but this is, he's going to cite the foundational event of the nation. Yeah. Now, when they had grown into a people, not just a family. Exactly. So 10, you know, he smote the Egyptians in, in, the, in their firstborn. Oh, his loving kindness is everlasting. And he brought Israel out of their midst. His loving kindness is everlasting. Remember that slavery, you know? And even though that slavery, slavery was oppressive, verse 12, with his strong arm and with his strong hand and outstretched arm. His loving kindness is everlasting. I mean, he's... He's powerful. By the way, the whole picture of an arm is a power. Mm-hmm. Power picture is what it is. And but we're talking about deliverance. God deliverance. brought them out right. from where they had been in bondage. Strong hand 
means, well, you know what a strong hand is, but an outstretched arm means that there's no place you can go that God's arm is not long right. enough to get you. Is the Lord's arm so out. short that he can't save? Right. That's Isaiah. what the scripture says exactly. in another place. Right. And then 13, to him who divided the Red Sea asunder. Oh, his loving kindness is everlasting. Just when you thought everything was bad and you're up against the wall and God made a mistake. No, verse 14. And he made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And not only that, but he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. Oh, his loving kindness is everlasting. Yeah. So they're all their problems in Egypt. Poof. Just like that. Mm, and like, the Red Sea situation is interesting because God is the one that led them out there. He cornered them between oh, oh, the totally. Red Sea and the Egyptians. Uh, and so, you know, it might have looked like, oh, we're stuck. We're stuck. But right. God led them there so they would see there's only one way out and it's something only he could do. Yeah. And in for, for the rest of the Old Testament, when God's dealing with Israel and they're at these confidence points of doubt whether God can do what he can do, he always says, hey, I'm the one that got you mm. out of Egypt. Right. That's exactly <laughs> he right. He says that over and over and over. Like, so recall to your mind and therefore you'll have hope. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy who got you out of Egypt. And so his loving kindness is indeed everlasting. So a way of personalizing this, if we if we think about the, the one event through which God delivered us from our captivity, mm-hmm. well, that would be when we came to acknowledge the salvation in Jesus when he took our sin and exchanged life for us. That was our true exodus. Us, when we became the righteousness of God in him. And so uh, that would be something always to commemorate and give thanks for. And you yeah. can do that no matter what your circumstances that, that are. That was the rescue mission on our behalf that Jesus brought, just like the rescue mission that God brought to bring them out of the captivity of Egypt. In the Indeed, from a New Testament perspective, we understand now that the entire picture of the Passover all pointed to Jesus. Exactly. The Passover and the Exodus. The greatest rescue in the history of mankind, not just Egypt and Israel, but us and sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a great parallel. Well, let's go on. 16. And then they went, remember, they went in the wilderness. <laughs> they were being jerks and they would, they doubted whether God could actually get them into the promised well, land. Said he led his people through the wilderness, right? right. And, and Exodus says very specifically, he did not lead them by the big, easy road. There was a shorter right. road. He a shorter led route. them out into the wilderness. Right. So he led his people through the wilderness in 16. Because then they would know his loving kindness is everlasting. everlasting. (laughs) And then eventually after that generation died and they came into the promised land, they got the land that God had promised, by the way, that's why we call it the promised Mm -hmm. land. There were guys living there who shouldn't be living there, who looked like they were going to be impossible to push off Mm -hmm. the land. So he goes on and says, well, in 17, so to him who who smote the great kings. His loving kindness is and everlasting. He, and he slew mighty kings. Oh, his loving kindness is everlasting. Who? And then we get the king's names. And now we know who they are. Yeah, like 19, Sion, the king of the Amorites. And Og, the king of Bashan, uh, which, by the way, is the, uh, is the heights above the, the Golan, Golan heights. heights. Up there. That's mm-hmm. Bashan, yeah. The Og, the king of Bashan. Uh, and, he, and he gave their land as a heritage. His loving kindness is everlasting. Right. And it's a heritage to whom? 22. Even a heritage to Israel, Israel his, his servant. servant. Yeah. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Yeah. So here he's he's captured from 5 to 22. I mean, some real right. concrete things. The entire things. history, the early history of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and a way in which, like I was saying before, we know that we have loving parents through their gifts. Here's the gifts. And we understand the loving kindness of who God is through that. 
So that's that's just a remarkable thing. And in fact, if they had been brought in the promised land, the thing, the gift, and they had they missed the point that God was making that this is representing his loving heart, it would be wrong for them to take the heritage of that land, to go into that land, and then forget all about God, because the point was for them to know who God was through that. And yet he warned and them. And yet, that's exactly <laughs> what them. they did. All through Deuteronomy, he warned uh, them, when you get into right. the land, and you live in houses you didn't build, and you eat crops you didn't plant, remember Hello, me. it was right? me. But yeah. again, things got, life got a little easier, and they forgot God. And they, they dwelled more on what God had given them, and they forgot right. about God. They, and those, they that loved was always the gifts, to and overlooked the giver. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's that's... That's a very strong warning all the way through. In fact, we were talking about when we were in Lamentations, mm-hmm. they were being taken into captivity five centuries before Jesus, because that's exactly what mm-hmm. they did. They just said, we got the goodies. We don't need God. Right. So God says, well, okay, then you don't get the goodies either. Bye. That's right. <laughs> taken into and captivity. he had told them from the very beginning, if you live in my covenant, dwell in my loving kindness and live in this new way of life that I've called you into, right. then I'll bless you. But here you've married me you said yes i will but then if you don't Mm -hmm. i will not bless you i will judge you i will and the biblical word is i will curse you i will bring things into your life that will are a direct consequence of your disobedience and neglect of your relationship with me yep yeah and we see that happening and and that too is an evidence of god's faithful devoted love firmness because right. even when he allowed jerusalem to fall as we talked about last week in in 586 bc to the babylonians uh he had promised them through jeremiah and through isaiah and through other prophets functioning in that time they would come back i will restore you from your captivity it's temporary it's temporary but it's for a purpose so you know the writer of lamentations had said it's good to bear the yoke in your youth exactly it's good because god is good and he wants you to understand this going forward and it really brought him around to understanding who god was yes so it was painful but it was necessary well this the writer of psalm 136 wraps up and he actually summarizes for us from 23 to the end who we know god is because mm. of this because of all these things we we know more about the glory of god and the nature of his heart and he starts in 23 with the fact that God is the one who remembered us in our lowest state. When oh, things were bad, God remembered. His loving kindness is everlasting. Did he forget? Nope. No. Nope. He remembered. Uh, his He never forgets. 24, he rescued us from our adversaries. His loving kindness is everlasting. He rescued us. I always think about someone stuck in a jail, like in a foreign mm, country, mm-hmm. and they rotting away wondering, does anyone remember me? Will mm-hmm. anyone rescue me? And he says right here, yes, God remembers God will rescue. It's coming. He rescued us from our adversaries. It's a loving kindness everlasting. And then it wasn't a one-time event. He continues. Mm-hmm. He continues to tend to us in his love in 25, who gives who gives food to all flesh. He's nurturing us even still. Mm, Continue to all to so. flesh that is created to need to be fed and nourished. Exactly and so. And God is the source of all of that. So provision. God not only didn't forget about us, but he rescued us and he continues on a daily basis to see to our needs. His loving kindness is That's really everlasting. good news. And so he wraps it all up in 26. So give, give thanks, thanks to the God of heaven. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And it is. His, his chesed, his determination to love us, has no beginning and no end it always is and your circumstances might come and go 
but the reality of his loving kindness, his heart toward us cannot be changed. Mm. It's there always. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, you really, you need to resist the temptation to judge who God is based on your changing circumstances. Because the issue is, is God's heart hasn't changed. But the circumstances can lead you to coming to an understanding of who God is. And that's what happened with Israel when God let them go off for, for you know, five decades off into captivity. Well, and he did that deliberately in response as a faithful response to them because they were his covenant people. The ones that he had said, I am going to live in relationship with you. I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And right. my people live a particular way. And if you refuse to live a particular way... I will judge that, mm -hmm. but I will bring you back. Yeah, yeah. Because his promises are not going to change. You know, they're firm. Well, and his forever. purposes for us are always good. Remember, we started to give thanks to the Lord because he is good. He is good. So, you know, toward the end of the psalm, we read, who gives food to all flesh for his loving kindness is everlasting. Well, what if I'm hungry? What if mm -hmm. I don't have enough? Mm -hmm. What if my circumstances make that seem like a lie? Did he forget? Did he forget? No, but God will use our hunger. God will allow us to be hungry. That's what he says in Deuteronomy 8. I took you out in the wilderness and I let you be hungry so you would know, <laughs> so you would know. that I'm good, that I'm all you need. I am your portion. So that's freely paraphrased. And then you don't live by bread. <laughs> by bread alone. That's right. So your circumstances are not what define me. I am what tell you how to understand your circumstances. Right. So I just want to add here at this point that, uh, that about God's goodness. We know Romans 8, 28, but let's read it. And we know, we who are in Christ, we know this, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. God always has a purpose and it's always good. Right. So don't, don't, jump off the ledge when things go bad <laughs> you may not have the full picture of what god's trying to accomplish and that and the point of what he's trying to accomplish is to draw you near to himself and to glorify who he is okay but the scripture says in everything give thanks everything. to god for this is god's will for you in christ jesus in everything give yeah. thanks in fact paul writes that to the thessalonian yep. church when you read it you go what in everything right yeah because there's a much bigger reality than just your circumstance yeah. and it's in everything yeah. well, you can always give thanks to the Lord on the basis of who he is and his devotion to you yeah. never runs dry. Right. Well, come back with us next week. We're not going back to John just yet, but we are going to uh, turn our eyes toward Christmas because Christmas is the coming of the one who will rescue God us. God in the flesh. He will rescue. He did not forget about us. God remembered us, as he says here in this song, and God rescued us. So come back and join us next week. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we'll look at the coming of the great Messiah. Bye. Bye. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org.